Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mental Wellness Mondays is a podcast by Two Broke Twimbles that focuses on mental wellness that is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Bon V. Bon V is a medical aid scheme that can probably help you, or if you're not in the country, perhaps some of your family members, to get uh, a plan that works for someone who cares about their physical health and their mental health. We are grateful to have partnered with them, and we have set up a landing page that you can check out with some more information about the different plans available. Just go to twobroketwimbos.com forward slash Bon V, B-O-N-V-I-E, to find out more information. Or you can check them out on social media. Look for Bon V Medical Aid Scheme on Facebook. On Twitter, it's Bon V Medical, and you can find out a plan uh, that suits you from uh, a partner that cares about both your physical and mental health. And we want to say thank you very much to Bon V for sponsoring this podcast. Indeed, indeed. And today, of course, we've got our, our, our renowned and more famous than us uh, resident therapist, Dr. Nyerai, and she's brought along a very accomplished friend and guest, uh, Mr. Samuel Mijo Matsikure. And guys, uh, here we go. This is another long bio. So, Gary, I want your horses. He's a human rights activist and social change maker. He has more than 15 years of experience in HIV, AIDS, sexual and reproductive health, mental health, family therapy, and is an expert in sex and sexuality issues. He's a holder of a Bachelor's of Science and Honours degree in Sociology and a Gender Development from a Women's uh, University in Africa, a Diploma in Systemic Family Therapy with Zimbabwe's Institute of Systemic Therapy, and he's just completed a Master's degree at Columbia University in New York. This is a very dignified and distinguished gentleman, and we are, we are glad to have him on the show. Sam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great. So, so just... just before we even get into it, um, we're going to be having some very serious discussions, but Phil and myself like to joke around a lot. So please, you know, roll with the punches, you know, we'll be, we'll be throwing in statements here and there, but we are taking you very seriously and our listeners are taking you very seriously. Absolutely. Yes, Philip, what nonsense were you about to say? Nothing. <laughs> see, you, you see, Dan, already, already, you're, you're, you're selling me in the eyes of our wonderful guest. I was going to say Are you nothing. getting locks, Phil? What? Yes, I'm growing them up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was about to ask that. <laughs> wow. Well, well, well. well I'm embracing uh, my African I think we need, You know, you know. Um, I think we need to uh, explore a team of therapists here to help you. But you know, we to help you, me. You know what, Sam? You've got you've got a, you've got a lot on your plate today. You've got a lot on your plate. I guess I have. <laughs> Yes, Phil, you may go ahead now. Okay. Um, so, Sam, I mean, with, with, with a wealth of experience like this, um, how did you even enter this field? Well, initially, I was a high school teacher for many years. Wow. And <laughs> yes, I was teaching high school. And interestingly enough, uh, my speciality at the time was that I studied art and design. So I was an art teacher for a while. So I have an artsy side to myself. But I had an interesting combination uh, when I did my, my diploma in, in, in education. I also started um, religious education. So I did a lot of um, exploration around different religions and, and how that uh, helps to build communities. But I've always had interest in helping people. Um, you know, I'm one of those people who always wanted to help the under 
privileged, um, even where the places that I've been, I've taught in, in, in my first engagement with, with, with communities was actually in a place called Fungwe. When if you had Uzumba Maramba Fungwe, mm. I taught there for a couple of years. Sandini, yes. oh, and so I, you are responsible. I, okay. 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 You see? We, you see? I think after we finish recording, we need to have another conversation, but. Mm. About that, yes, we could. <laughs> it would be an interesting one, actually. You know, I love all so of you say the name and everyone knows what we're talking about. Like, uh, everyone, we already know everyone is in sync. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Murewa Zumba Maramba Fumba is where I taught for the few years. You know, I've always tried to help um, the community around uh, on issues related to either gender-based violence or students struggling with, um, with identity issues and so forth. So when I left and I started teaching in, in, in the city, I also became one of the teachers that students would come to for issues related to either what's happening at home, the abuse that they might be experiencing, our self-esteem issues and so on. And I think that got me to, to say, you know, I needed to go out there and do more, especially related to helping people. And luckily enough, I then got a couple of um, opportunities to start family therapy at a certificate level. Uh, and then I did the diploma. And, 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 and I've always been open to help people, you know, to navigate very diff- difficult situations, either in marriages, uh, young people struggling with alcoholism, or those that were addicted and so on. And I think I, that's where the passion started. And where I am today, I, I'm someone who's quite would like to address very controversial issues, which also includes LGBTIQ issues in Zimbabwe. And I've had different conversations with either parliamentarians, MPs, Human Rights Commission, Gender Commission around these issues to unpack how the current social fiber in society is and some of the issues that um, different communities are experiencing. I've worked with couples, who are struggling with relationships. And basically that's where I have grounded myself, but also infusing what I do with human rights. So mental health issues is one of those issues that I, I, I have a very passionate, I'm very passionate about because I've seen how it affects uh, people in their daily struggle, either as young people, uh, people who are still finding uh, you know, their way in life, students, uh, I've also helped, you know, the elderly. So now I've worked with a range of people and this is where my interest sort of grew out of that teaching experience and working with communities. No, oh, okay. I think th- there's something you mentioned in the beginning of this conversation where you said like students naturally gravitated to you and would open up to you about certain issues that they were going through. What do you think it, it was about you and your teaching style that made students feel comfortable to open up to you in that way? I think students always find it difficult when, because when you're in school, teachers are sometimes look like your parents in the way they want to have that um, body language that says I'm an, author- I'm an authoritarian, I'm, I have the power over you and so on. And when you then don't allow students to interact with you at a level where you are more of a listener, 
than a talker. You find that the, our current education system has people that are quite instructive instead of actually listening to what also students um, have to share and give. And, and we also have this, um, you know, this system where the teacher knows everything and not the students. And you find that when that is something that you are presenting, students fear to open up to you because they are already seeing you as a parent, a parent who gives instructions. Because when you're in the home, parents have the tendency sometimes of thinking because we were once young, we know everything. But I think the world is really evolved where sometimes you find young people know more than you do because mm. of technology, because of exposure and so on. And I think for me, I was always somebody who was prepared to listen to what young people have to say and share. And the moment you listen to one, they are able to go and share and say, I had this problem. I was struggling to have my parents to convince them to pay school fees. And we're hoping that I simply navigate through school because I'm a girl and not be really concentrating on the plan and desire I have as a person, but pushing me perhaps towards being married. And that's not what I want. And then you go and speak to the parents in a way that is open to give them another dimension. And you find that parents sometimes all, they tend to shift their perspective around how they see them, they view their child. Or someone, a child simply coming back from, you know, just also being an observer. Yeah, in a class of 45 students, which is what I used to experience, you find someone is not performing well, they're not paying attention. And when you then take time to say, what is happening with you? A child might say, I didn't sleep well because we had to work extra time at home. Or I woke up too early to go and work in the fields. Or I didn't have breakfast because we have nothing to have in the morning and in the evening, or we only have one meal a day. And then how do you help that child to be able to get food, you know, within, you know, some of the school schemes that we had where we do supplementary feeding and so on, so that at least it can help them to stay alert in class, but also contribute. You know, those little things matter to young people. And I think that helped me to shape who I am and for other young people to simply open up to me. And this is also something that continues to happen even when I went to university. Other students would want to come in here and share what, what, what they are going through. And we try and help each other to see how we navigate through different issues, whether it's someone who has experienced rape or they've been abused by another student or feel that they've been taken advantage of while they were drunk. They would simply gravitate towards me. I think part of it is just being open to listen and open to, to engage and open, you know, to hear even things that maybe sometimes make other people very uncomfortable. And I think this is where I've, I've this is where my journey came from and where I am today, just being an open person. Mm. So one of the objectives of this podcast is we want to try and help our listeners to deal with whatever challenges they may have that, uh, you know, that's an obstacle to mental wellness. Um, we want to give them practical steps. We want to give them um, certain things that they can do now, as well as to encourage people to actually see a professional, to see therapists and so on. So um, I notice in your in your sphere of influence, there's several things that you are quite involved in. Maybe the first one that I'd like to touch on briefly, seeing as this episode is going to come out the week of World AIDS Day, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you do uh, deal with uh, a lot is helping people with HIV and AIDS. So mm-hmm. if, uh, you, you know, um, I think, I think the situation is very different to what it was maybe 10 years ago or so where there's, there's a lot more positive conversation around living with the experience. But for someone who perhaps um, has that, that weight on their mental health of living with or perhaps living with someone who is living with HIV and AIDS, um, what kind of steps would you encourage such a person to make sure that they maintain their mental health and mental well-being uh, despite being in that situation? I think we, we have learned a lot in the way women responded to HIV in its beginning. And I think that those are things that are still of value to date. Um, having a support system is critical. And, and you find that a lot of people still struggle with getting a positive um, result. As much as we've advanced, just getting a positive result comes with its own burden. You, you feel uh, that your world has come to an end. People still feel that, despite the fact that we've got medicines that have shown that you can live a very normal life. Uh, people still have anxieties around what is my future going to look like? Am I going to get a partner? How do I open my HIV state? Am I still able to fulfill my goals, either at school, getting a job, getting a family, all these questions always come up. And you find that a lot of people, when they fail then to open up to somebody to somebody that I'm HIV positive, they still hide how they take their medication and sometimes not as consistent as we would like, especially men. Women have had to some extent an advantage of always interacting with pre- and postnatal care. And it's easier for, 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 for them now that, you know, at every entry point when they're pregnant, they can easily be tested for HIV, um, other STIs and so on, and the results needs to be shared. And just also still expect that um, their husbands would perhaps respond better if it's a positive result, we still get gender-based violence. After someone disclosing that I'm pregnant, but you know, you need to come to the health facility, this is the messaging that I'm getting. And you still also find that a lot of young girls are getting higher levels of prevalence of HIV, including, of course, our key populations. So it means that young girls are also getting into marriages when they are also already positive to some extent. Now, when it comes to mental health, it is important that one not only has a support system, but I think to also appreciate the knowledge and the information and the science that is there today, that you can live with HIV until, you know, you're up to any age in your life, you, you can still fulfill your life path, regardless of you being HIV positive. And the healthcare workers today are more informed uh, they are more empowered to share that information. But of course, you also need to understand that we are working also with the health system that is overwhelmed with other diseases. And also our health system is not as healthy as we would like it to be. So sometimes they don't give you that enough information. And that's why it's important to find a therapist, a counselor, 
whether you you're using your 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 belief system, you go to church, is there a counselor there that is able to help you to deal with that positive result? If you are someone who's quite traditional, you also still use your family support system, your neighbor, your friends, and so on to disclose your HIV status and find ways of helping. But of course, you still find that there are other people that are still quite stigmatizing of a positive result or someone who's living with HIV. It's still prevalent in our society. And I think it also comes with the ignorance of the fact that you can now live with HIV and we have lesser cases of people dying of of, of AIDS because as long as you are taking your medication, you are okay. Then there's also issue of nutrition. It still remains quite important. And of course, in a modern society like ours, where people are into pizzas and, and chickenings and, and all that stuff, hey. it's also important that all of your health. Yes! Because it's still important. Well, you can still treat yourself to a pizza. <laughs> but you also I just, need to make I, I sure that just ordered one. Well my <laughs> Let me cancel my order. I know. Please do. Go ahead. <laughs> so it's important that you also Too still eat a, a balanced diet. And of course, you can still eat, uh, enjoy your pleasures, whether it's, 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 it's having um, a donut. Like I'm so much into donuts. Every Friday, I spill myself oh. to one. But you still need to make sure that you're getting a balanced diet. <laughs> then I like also that during COVID, I've also seen a lot of people getting into fitness and and health and exercising you don't have to go to the gym people like we were taking walks in the at home in their neighborhoods you know they were also joining all these different you know exercises that they could do online and so on so staying fit and healthy is quite important for your mental health always make sure you've got exercises that you do sometimes in your home i'm not a gym fanatic but I always have a skipping rope. I've got a few dumbbells. I've got a wheel in my home and so on. And I do a few exercises. Sounds like a fanatic to me. That, mm-hmm. sound, that sounds and just like a fanatic. When you, when you pass two pieces of equipment, you're no longer a fanatic. When you have dumbbells, yes, you're a fanatic. <laughs> you, see, you don't have a whole gym at home. You don't have the space for it. <laughs> <laughs> So these little exercises are important if you are HIV positive, you know, because a lot of us sometimes don't have the resources. Remember, a lot of people don't have the resources to join a gym. It costs. And people who then are affected sometimes, depending where you, you stay and where you're located, even in the rural communities, you can still find ways of putting in a bit of exercise. But I think what's critical in all this is to find a support system. Disclosure is still quite important because when you're not feeling well, you need someone to, to, to step up and help you. Because we've noticed that people sometimes get into depression, they get a lot of anxieties, um, they, they also sometimes tend to self-isolate because they change their attitudes, because they feel I cannot able, I'm not able to engage as I used to, and so on, which is not true. But through going through that phase, you need someone to be there for you. So these are some of the tips that you can get. But also understand that having a positive result does not mean it's taking away everything that you have planned. You probably would want to do it differently where you don't stress yourself because it's important to get enough rest at night. 
if you're a night person I, like me, I, I, I'm more alive at night. But I also make sure that I get enough sleep, even if it means at some point during the day, I take naps in between. Even if it's 20 minutes booster, that's still important. Because staying health and mental health, resting is important. So sorry, these are some of the little tricks disturb, that you can do. <laughs> but uh, we've been having a series We've been having a series on sleep health, I know. and multiple doctors have said naps are not a good thing. <laughs> so, don't take naps. <laughs> to be to be fair, Phil, they said long term <laughs> naps are bad. However, it's better for you to take a nap than to do things during the day being tired. Mm. So, absolutely. Because some of the medication that people take, they can also make you feel drowsy. That's why the current regimens that people are taking, especially the one pill, it's recommended that you take it in the morning. Because the previous medication we had, you probably take it in the, in, in the evening because then your body will rest. But what they've realized is some of them have side effects. They might even keep you awake at night. You might have insomnia. So it's important that you 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 get enough rest because sometimes they also may get you fatigued, and you need to re-energize yourself. And it's something that causes, and perhaps it may even affect the way you work at work. So it's important that you you take note, you listen to your body, and be able to communicate to people nearest to you about how you are feeling and also if you have started taking medication. Remember, you you, you may also be going to work. You need to also understand how your human resources work, for instance, and be able to disclose to them because they were there are days perhaps when you're not able to come to work or you may come to work and you need a bit of assistance from others. If you then disclose to someone within your human resources, because not all institutions, companies, or small businesses have a specific human a person designated to deal with wellness in their in their organization. And I think what's also important these days is that a lot of organizations are now integrating within their own institutions a, a, a human resource person that is also bringing in a dimension of wellness. So these are things that you can actually do uh, when you are HIV positive. Zimbabwe. Are we, are we talking about Zimbabwe? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, of course, each, each each of these things that you're discussing could have a whole podcast on it. So we could have a whole podcast discussing mental health that surrounds HIV and AIDS. But uh, there's other things, of course, that you uh, also specialize in. I see here in your bio that you are also interested in sexual and reproductive health. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I think this is just what we needed. You know, we've been noticing, uh, you know, increased activity amongst our listeners as we reach the festive period. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's time to start telling them what needs to be told. Wait, how how are it's we noticing to... this activity? I'm trying to understand. Phil, I'm just I'm just seeing <laughs> certain, certain, certain keywords. Certain keywords are coming up that I I am not happy seeing amongst our community. What are these keywords? Please do share. You know things things like like the H word, Philip. Things happy? like you know. December in Zim and it's just the thing surrounding it. It's getting me very worried. You know how it is, Philip. You know how it is. I absolutely have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. Well, it may be a part of the problem. I don't know. I think this is why we need someone who can tell us how our people can be sexually and reproductively healthy. (laughs) Um, So... um, with a, with a focus on mental health. 
what are the challenges that you have seen um, that are causing people to to be suffering through, whether it's uh, uh, depression or other uh, uh, mental health ail- ailments that specifically surround sexual and reproductive health? What are some of the behaviors and some of the the mindsets that people have, and how do you help such such uh, situations? I think the first one that Zimbabwe has evolved in terms of our our lifestyles. It's one of those things that is affecting also our our mental health, but also sexual and reproductive health. You know, the issue of we are not yet there where we are saying Zimbabwe has a problem, for instance, of obesity. But I think issues of weight gain uh, and also eating certain types of foods are also seeing large numbers of people also getting into um, or struggling with, for instance, erectile dysfunctions. Um, sugar diabetes is one of those issues that also coming, especially among even young people and also those in the middle age. Um, some of it, of course, also comes with, you know, for those people living with HIV, it's also an issue that we've seen, you know, a lot of people struggling with diabetes. It also affects your sexual life because of the medication that you take. It can affect your libido or, you know, interest in sex and so on. But we are also seeing a lot of, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of you read or sometimes come across a poster from H Metro or on on WhatsApp or you know all these images of men who are brutalizing other men for having caught their wives cheating, or a woman who's sending a message to a to a small house, you know, stay away from my husband and so on. I'm I'm offended, Sam. I'm a, you think these are the kind? <laughs> this is the kind of news you think that I am consuming. These are the WhatsApp groups that you think I'm in. Wow, wow, well, wow. You could be, you could be, <laughs> but you know, if you haven't, you need to because there's a lot happening there, and a lot of it, I think, is also coming from the current economic situation in the country has changed our ways of working. There's a lot of hustling that is happening. And hustling sometimes takes a lot of time and energy to get your deal done. Hmm. And sometimes it's not pegged in terms of time where we are saying you work between eight and five. You're constantly working. And sometimes you don't pay attention to how much stress you go through trying to score a deal. It doesn't have to be a $10,000 bill deal. It could be someone simply by the roadside who is selling whatever products they have and are not making enough. And they get, they leave home in the morning at six or seven, they are by the roadside and they leave when the traffic is quite low, which is sometimes you get home at eight, 10, you still find people on the street selling. Imagine how that does to a partner who's waiting for you at home. You get home, you have been standing on the street all day, you're tired as young as you might be. Uh, at home, you also realize the world has changed. A lot of women are also hustling. She's busy selling her wares by the roadside. Uh, the kids these days are at home or they were not going to school because of COVID and so on. She's overwhelmed by this and she's tired as well. So to some extent, your sexual um, drive is also affected in some way. And you find that couples then are not as close and intimate as they would like to be. So you find then people are drawn to other parties that are entertaining them, maybe on WhatsApp or when they are 
traveling somewhere kubasa, and kubasa. Ana, Ana work wives, work husbands. Work wives, work husbands. This is this is the issue here. Work I wives think and work you wives. somehow taken a very broad issue and made it very personal, Dan. No, I mean this is something that needs to be addressed. We need a task force to deal with work wives and work husbands. I mean, Sam here is explaining very clearly. It's mm. that's the real Look, pandemic. We are just not making enough time. <laughs> we are just not making enough time for creating that romantic uh, romantic atmosphere. Uh, preparing each other for for intimacy and so on. We're just stressed. And mm. once you are stressed, because remember, it's not about just making money. You're also thinking, I need to pay rent. I need to send kids to school. If I don't make it or within the month, a certain amount, you know, I'll be found wanting. And if then, you you know, it's, it's like it reminds me of a case recently in, in Gweru where a husband killed the wife and kids blood during daytime because they'd spend one dollar to buy jiggies. And this is a man who was selling his products closer to home by the roadside, who went home and said, why did you use a dollar and killed the whole family? So when we look at this in our, depending mm. which framing you're coming from religious culture and so on, people can say, maybe Ingozi, it's evil spirits, Satanism or something got into him. But these are mental health issues. It's probably just for him a dollar meant life and death, perhaps to pay rent or to meet whatever demands from the family that he needed to. Because remember, we are, we are a society that also still looks at what we call black text. I always watch this, this comedy. We still want to support our extended family. So he is not just looking at the immediate or the nucleus family that he has. He's also looking at the grandparents who are back home these days looking for help from him. So the reaction is because he has not had anyone to talk to, to understand how he can, you know, deal with the daily demands of life, he ended up snapping and killing the whole family. So these are mental health issues we are seeing across the spectrum of people. You don't have to be even in an office. You can be in any type of business or doing nothing. People are stressed. We are also looking at people these days, you know, using and engaging into drug abuse. A lot of times we are focusing just on young people, but trust me, different age groups are also taking drugs. Trying to, to cope with keeping up with the energy that is required to hustle that is required to make it. But at the end of the day, it also affects your own body. To an extent where at one point you could see the market of uh, sexual enhancers going up. You remember at one point there was this whole yeah. um, community trying to buy the teas and so on that were coming yeah. from different countries that could enhance your libido. I, I, know, I don't know anything about this. I, I know nothing about these people that were buying sexual coffees and Congo dust that were sold in Second Street. I know nothing about that. It was all over. I know but, but nothing wait. about the blue pills that were being sold by, by John along somewhere. I know nothing about that at all. <laughs> No, you, you wouldn't write the book, the blue pills. They are the magic. We still yeah, haven't yeah. addressed. We still haven't addressed this issue of work wives and work husbands. Yeah, is, yeah. is that coming up? Yeah, or... got... No, no. It's, it's, it's nothing to do with the wife directly. Don't involve us. 
Stop involving <laughs> us in, in that your guys' issues. Whether the woman is working or not, but I, I'm just saying the social fiber is changed because the economy demands that everyone and everyone within the home needs to contribute something. But the timing and the times that's available for doing that is also taken away. The times we should be intimate. When I say intimate, I'm not just looking at how then at what point do they consumerate the relationship, but just making time to sit down with your wife and, 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 and have a chat over, over TV or sitting in the garden. If you are in one room, just going together to the shops to buy a packet of meat. It doesn't happen a lot of the times. Because someone will tell you, why are you troubling me? I'm asking men and I'll be home later. You know, and half the time you may actually think the wife is cheating or the husband is cheating, but people are busy trying to make a living mm. because this the, the economy we have demands so. And it affects how then we 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 express our, our sexuality, the way we 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 have intimacy and so on. And and I had a conversation a couple of weeks back where I had men and women to understand how things are happening in the home. Women are crying, men are crying. Because they said, look, sometimes I've just finished supper and that's the only time he wants to be intimate. And I'm so, still full of sadza. And I'm not interested and I'm not interested. If I reject, <laughs> it's a problem. If I say yes, I'm also being punished because my sadza is still in my tummy. <laughs> so these are things mm, that yeah, because that's the worst. That's the worst. You know, no, <laughs> no one wants, yeah, no wants pop and peps. <laughs> Oh, that's a new excuse that's about to be unleashed. Anyway, it may yeah. seem obvious, but what is the solution? How do you help? How do you manage that? Because I mean, it's not like we can just not hustle. Yes. Are sex robots the answer? Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think you've also seen that there's also high rates of divorces and single people and so on. Sex toys industry has also become huge in Zimbabwe, despite, despite the fact that our laws have not really caught up with the change that's in communities. Mm. If you remember, there was one time, I remember it was, I think it was Chiangwa's daughter who launched mm -hmm. a, a, a sex toy shop. And a, a lot of young people these days and women, men, older, all ages are getting into sex toys. This is a, also a way of either pleasuring their partners or themselves. We, you know, it's, it's the global world. These things are available. But I think what's important is that we still need to keep those healthy relationships we have. And then I think part of it is communication between couples. Make time to, to revisit some of the important things in your relationships. You need to make time. You know, even if it means you, you set aside, you know, certain days of the week where you say, I'm coming home early just to be with you. And remember, intimacy doesn't start the moment you walk out the door. It starts while you're still on that um, road post where you're selling your newspapers or that office that you occupy or um, that, uh, you know, if you, are, if you are somebody who's mobile, when you are in your car, you have parked on the right roadside, you simply text and say, hey, how are you? It's the language that you use mm. to show and prepare someone that tonight 
can I show now or say chicha cha or whatever expression mm, you want to What a baby. But it's baby. those little things that you can do. Mm, baby, time. tonight, tonight don't eat sadza, baby. Mm, <laughs> no, no, tonight, tonight you're having noodles. Well, the moment <laughs> the moment you send that text, you'll say, ah, today I'm not taking extra potatoes. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying extra sadza. He's coming, things are going to happen. <laughs> Dietary considerations pre coitus has has been something I've never ever thought of in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have to think about it. Now you have to. Uh, Now Now you have to. to Maybe have a salad. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it true that isn't it true that both both um, members in the couple would likely blame the other? For if there's any uh, problem sexually, for example, so um, yeah. when you're when you're when you're dealing with a couple that comes in, and hopefully both the couple yeah. comes in, they come in to discuss it. Yes, they um, do. How do you how do you then sort of speak to them to try and help them find the the, the middle ground? You know. Okay, I think the first thing that um, I have noted is that a lot of couples don't communicate, and it doesn't start when there's a problem. It starts during courtship. Who is demanding and asking for sex in the relationship when you have new courtship? How are you communicating on things? No, no, no sex until they, marriage. Mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm. If, if there's no Mm-mm. sex until marriage, Mm-mm. but you still can talk about it. No, no, no. That's not allowed. Talk about it. In your conversation. <laughs> you're, not to, very much. <laughs> you're not allowed to think about it either. No thinking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, they'll tell you not to think about it, but you know how the mind always works. <laughs> when you are behind those or having lunch, we'll still Yeah, sorry, about I interrupt it. you. Please go ahead, Sam. <laughs> no, that's fine. And, and I think it's 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 how we communicate on issues of you know intimacy, whether during courtship or just after courtship. How do you connect that? Depending, like you said, if you are somebody who um still value virginity and so on. What conversations are you having about intimacy issues? You can fantasize about it, you can be, but you still need to talk about it. When you then are married, what we've noted with the conversation I had earlier with men and women is that there's still a lot of detects, uh, detects that are done by men. I'm the one who initiates sex. If I go and watch porn somewhere, I want to introduce something. But if the wife does the same, Would that be a problem? You find men still find that a a problem. Where did you learn this? If you say, Ani, I think my breasts is where you can tickle me. You would say, how did you find out that this is where your your desire is and so on. So a lot of when, what time and how sex is done, it's still the preview of men. But we've also seen a shift with other modern women who are doing that. But the majority of men, still detects when sex is supposed to be and the how. And when I went further in the conversation to say, you know what, sex is not always something you look at and say it can be penetrative. You can do other things before penetration. All the men almost dropped off the, the call because for them, it's like they have this ego that is driven by their own genitals or <laughs> their genitalia parts where they feel that because I've not set a pace on Using my 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 penile is part of the intimacy. It's not it. But women are saying we are quite open, but the conversation is not happening. So when a couple comes into uh, the room, it's important. It, there's always a complainant. 
that comes first. It's, 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 it's the unusual cases where both are, are seeking for help. It's usually where perhaps there are other medical underlying issues and they are mm-hmm. saying, help us. That's also come up. But a lot of times there's a complainant and the complainant could be sometimes mostly women who would say, I'm not happy. I'm in a marriage, but I'm not, no longer happy with my sexual life. And we need to understand what is it. They also need to understand what is happening in their marriage or with them that they feel there's a problem. Sometimes it's because you have given birth, you concentrate with the child and forget their husband. And sometimes it kills the intimacy. Body changes can also happen after giving birth or even before giving birth. How is that affecting you? You know, all that. And when we explore that, you then need to also then say, okay, we would like to also meet your husband. And when they come together as a couple, I'm not speaking for them. The complainant has to present their case. And the listener or the, 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 the person where the complaint is directed to has to respond. And where sometimes you find there are issues is that there are issues of time, like I said, they are not making time for intimacy. And mm. what usually happens then is the husband comes late, perhaps is tired, has also had a couple of beers from, from the pub if they are a drinker or if they're coming from prayers, depending on you know, where you spend your time. They then want in intimacy that quick just to fulfill their own desire and not be considerate of the other party. Then there's also an issue where women then constantly complain, I'm tired, I have a headache, and so on. And mm, when you explore... You see, it's it's ex- it's right. Mm, yeah, that's it's the an issue. It's also an excuse of saying, maybe I had asked him to buy kids' shoes and he has not fulfilled for the last three months. So they hold back sex. So why oh, can't you just I, say that? She must yeah, just say that. No, because you are not making time to listen and conversation and have a conversation with each other to raise those issues. And you know what also happens is that she'll pick on the shoes. She'll pick on you not paying in the rent. She'll pick on you not sending grocery. And the issues then pile up. Remember the mental health issues? It piles up on her where she starts constantly having negative feelings towards the husband. And when then she has intimacy, she's not enjoying it because she's only doing it as a duty, but her mind is not there. Remember, sex is about where your mind is at. And for you to say, I've had great sex today, it, it's also a mental health, it's, it's also a mental issue. If you are not in there in bed, but the physically you are there, but mentally you are not there, this is where you find she's just made sure she facilitates you to do what you need to do and go away. <laughs> He's not bothered about it. A lot of women mm. actually said we fake orgasm half the time because we just don't want to be bothered. Things have They're gone uh, a whole left direction, Phil. Yes. So these are things you need to address within a country. Can, can, can I ask some... Can I ask some... <laughs> can, I, can I ask some, some quick-fire yes or no questions uh, using your experience in uh, sex and reproductive health therapy, family therapy, and so on? Um when a couple feels that their sex life in their marriage, for example, after many years has, has, has dipped and they want to introduce a third party yes. to just spice things up, would you I recommend? Yes. Well, that has come up with, 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 uh, with different couples intro- wanting to introduce different things. That sounds it like a yes. A it could be a third party. Some, <laughs> some have tried it. Trust me, some have tried it. 
but it also depends where you're coming from. And usually it's, you know, us who are more um, the affluent side of, of, of town tend to want to introduce those stuff. With, with our other traditional women, they're like, no, I'm not having a third party. So it, I was reading here to, I was reading somewhere today where it actually says, uh, it was a conversation in the WhatsApp group that someone shared with me. Women were saying they actually enjoy watching women together. But what? men, it's, yeah, they found, they no, found the men, the women, the men disgusting, but women, it's like thumbs up. So <laughs> these are fantasies that both parties want. There are women who also feel, I need to spice up, you know, I like it kinky, so bring the men, another woman into the bed. And and this has happened with couples. <gasps> and it has worked for some, but for some, it also creates tensions where, you know, if you have not been careful about the selection of the person who's coming into the threesome, is it someone they know? Is it a stranger? Is it so on? You also don't want to create attachment because these are things that people probably will have to look at. Who are you introducing? Mm. Then there have also been people who said, I've always wanted to dress up for my husband, you know, and I've tried a few times to introduce, but it seems to be resisting. I want to dress up as the maid, uh, the nurse, and, <laughs> no, and, but and so on. <laughs> the, and the maid, maid is certainly working on Zimbabwe. You know, like the maid uniform is Zimbabwe. It's something the same. By the way, Sam, um, by the way, we are not, no. this is not a, this is not a podcast on morality. So we're not necessarily judging whether it's moral or not. It's right. I'm speaking from, yeah. from the objective as a therapist. If a couple were to say that, would yeah. you, yeah. W- would you think that might introduce more problems in the way that you guys interact or might it solve your problems or how would you mm-hmm. approach? And of course, everyone is different. I understand that, but yeah. Yes, they ha- they have to look at the pros and cons of that. But before we actually get to that, we need to understand what has changed the marriage to be stuck to where it is. Mm. And half the time, you also need to understand that the moment we start having kids, they take a lot of our attention. And sometimes we neglect each other in the process. And sometimes you find then when there's an empty nest the kids have grown, they are always at school and it's just the two of you. Sometimes you find you are living with a stranger. So we do exercises where you have to rebuild your relationship again in the process before you, you start thinking of introducing a third party and so on. So that at least you, you, you strengthen your relationship. If then the, the issue keeps coming up, they need to understand the pros and cons of doing that. Because remember, people would have made vows on how they want to consumerate their marriage along the way. Are they now defying that? And what does it mean in the future? Who is actually demanding that the third party comes in? Is it both parties <laughs> or is just one party? So those are, are they demanding a they specific person? In. You know your friend. Yeah, that one. Dan, yeah, yeah, work husband. It seems to be cropping up again and again in this interview. Look, this is okay. the real I problem. I think she's trying to introduce a third work husband into the relationship. What's going on? Tell no, us. No, no, no. It's, a, it's a safe just, space, Dan. I'm speaking, I'm speaking on behalf of others. I'm speaking on behalf oh, of others. others. Okay, others, next, next, next quick fire question. Next quick fire question, Sam. Um, a young person who feels the heat of, you know, sexual attraction, but perhaps yeah. doesn't have an outlet for it, yeah. and they decide to uh, um, regularly view pornography, mm-hmm. would that be something that 
causes problems to their mental health? Yeah. Well, uh, pornography is is something that is now quite prevalent in our society in all ages. I always say to my friends, if I was to pick up all your phones and just go through them, I'll probably find lots of porn there. I don't have a phone. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, for young people, it can be a problem sometimes in the future because it also depends on how much time are they spending on porn because there's also issues these days where a lot of young people have too much time on their hands and becomes an addiction where they cannot do anything without having to watch porn. Throughout the day, they, they watch it more than five, 10 times. After the time, they're going into their room and they're masturbating. <laughs> you, you also need to look at, 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 at those issues and understand <laughs> if it's not affecting Adam, other parts of their lives where sometimes someone even forgets they need to do their schoolwork or they need to go and meet, meet an, someone for an appointment or they need to go and hustle. So addiction is also something that is also happening within our society, especially to porn. And, and I, would, I would advise young people to just be careful that when they find they're also having problems, they need to speak to somebody. Trust me, as much as I would say they should stay away from it. Young people will always navigate and gravitate towards mm. that because we've got a lot of young people with technology these days. They've access to all these sites and, and data and so on. And data, whether even in universities, it's free for students, but we don't always use it for school. But they need to be to be mindful that it can be addictive and that's a pro- that can be a problem for them. Mm, mm. That is true. I, I was actually reading um, a summary of a study recently that was talking about that and the issue with porn is like you get a dopamine hit, but the more porn you watch, it raises your baseline for your dopamine. So every time you watch it, like you, you might be seeking the thrill, but it's almost like a drug now. You, you now become addicted because you need more and more and more and more just to get that baseline increased, you know, the, the, the baseline delta rather. So kids, stay away from the porn, you know, watch Teletubbies. Mm. Listen to Two Broke Twimbles instead. It gives you the same effect. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but, but you're quite right because what happens with porn is that you watch one clip, you want to watch the next one, the next one, and they're like, no, I'm not there, the next one, the next one, the next one. Mm. Like you said, you, you, you mm. ride that wave. Yeah. And then it becomes a constant um, thing that you want to do mm-hmm. and you have to be watched. It's, it's almost like also like consuming alcohol. You start with a little and so on and you get to a point where there's binge drinking. And mm. we are seeing that when you then... Get, don't get a fix that you want from binge drinking, you then graduate to use other strong addictive drugs. And that's why you find with young people these days who are struggling with drug addiction within our communities, they started with something small. It could have been just simply um, banjo or or ganja or something light, but they felt, okay, I'm on high, let me go to bronco. Bronco is no longer enough. I need to then gravitate towards these other new drugs that we are seeing on our streets. And that fits, it, it then becomes difficult to stay away from because you always feel I'm bored. Let me go there. Then it becomes also a, a mental health issue that could affect you mentally, but also we no, no need to also look at what are the long-term brain damages that could happen. How does it affect also your sexual your 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 your, your, your sexuality? How does it also affect other neural um 
things that might be affected by overuse of constant drugs and so on. So it's, it, it takes the same dimension. Mm. Next and thing it's also, you know, it's you're also important. search terms. Yeah. It's also important to remember when you guys are drinking. That have no business being the... Bio-original. Sorry, because, go ahead, you know, When you start drinking illicit yeah, yeah, yeah. alcohols, you know, they, they take you on the wrong path. I mean, stick to original whiskeys. And also, as you mentioned <laughs> earlier, uh, you know, if, if you've ever got to a point... Where there are no more pages on the porn site, like you're at the last page, what a problem. <clears throat> also, no, no. Another way you know there's a problem, Phil, there's certain search terms that you start entering that have no business being there. Mm. You start using hmm? tentacle horse. <laughs> what? Huh? I mean, when you, when you start Googling, like, okay, you have to whoa. Google grandpa, whoa. and a totally different whoa. search term <laughs> pops up. What an issue. Whoa. You see, they get all kinky. <laughs> Please speak to a professional at some point. When you, you realize that if someone looks at this search term and it and it could be the the it could be the 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 plot for the new racy anime on Netflix, yeah. then it's like, ah, uh, you see now where you're going with this. It's going too far. <laughs> anyway, okay. I think we've deviated, but this was actually very limited. Sam, we're gonna have to have you back. There's so many more topics we, we need to delve deep into, and you seem to be a wealth of, of entertaining knowledge. Um, so thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if our listeners um, love what you're saying or they're interested in supporting your work or, or just maybe even reaching out to you and speaking to you, how best can they do so? They can get me on 0778-914-542 or they can write to me, Josam, at gmail.com. Please spell that for us. M-I-J-O. M-I-J-O-S-A-M. Mijosam at gmail.com. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you and, very much. That's that's Sam, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, Zesa was uh, being a saboteur, but uh, I'm sure Dr. Nyerai uh, enjoyed it as well. And please don't forget to follow Dr. Nyerai on the socials. That's uh, Dr. Nyerai on Twitter and then Sage R on all other platforms. And of of course, don't forget to why to love and thrive. Yep, and once again, we want to say thank you very much to our sponsor, Bon V. If you want to find out more about Bon V, you can contact Varaidzo on 0787-060-037, or you can just head on over to our landing page, it's twobroketumbles.com forward slash Bon V, uh, and you can find out about some of the different uh, plans, medical aid plans that could help you or your family, uh, because Bon V cares not just about your physical health, but also your mental health. We want to say thank you to them for sponsoring this podcast. Indeed. Okay, thank you very much, Sam. Thanks for having me. Thank right. you. We really had a great chat. Uh, and yeah, don't forget to follow us on Two Brock Tumbos and Danny the Gatful Chat. All right.